or carrying someone through a difficult time, if that message was for you, then you need to know that message was for you. And uh, don't lose it. Don't let it go. You, you hold on to it. You keep it. Would you stand with me? Oh, uh, let me just also remind you that this afternoon's your last chance to see Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, speaking of being carried through a wonderful time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let's go. Uh, we're going to read from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Father, I thank you that your son came full of grace and truth to reveal you to us. And I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would be revealed today and that you would Put a deposit in our hearts that makes a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. In the, uh, the, the famous words of Juliet, uh, put there by William Shakespeare, what is in a name? Uh, a rose by any other name, would it smell as sweet if it was called a boo-boo flower? Uh, you know, would, would that be something that you would go, oh, I have a dozen long-stem boo-boo flowers. That's, uh, what is in what is in this this name? Uh, Jewish. It's come to be defined primarily as uh, by genealogy, uh, certainly as much as religion. But originally, it, it was defined as as uh, someone who followed the religion. Actually, I guess it was started by Abraham, but codified by Moses. And that name doesn't look like anything close to Moses or Abraham or. Israel or anything. So where did that come from? Uh, Well, it came from the fact that after Solomon died, the kingdom of Israel split and the northern kingdom uh, took on the name Israel and became somewhat apostate. And the southern kingdom was the kingdom of Judah. And they were the ones who primarily followed the Lord during that time. Uh, And so it came that anyone who followed that religion, someone who walked after that way, uh, took on the name of Judah, Jewish. That's what they would be, a Jew. What's in this name? Christian. It's become defined as someone who's officially joined an organized church or someone who's performed a particular religious rite, uh, maybe, maybe a baptism or confirmation or walking the aisle or saying the sinner's prayer or something like that. And all those things are important. But we've kind of confused the, the, the process of being a Christian with that of being saved. Now, you have to be saved to actually become a Christian, but a lot of people get saved and they stop right there. Uh, the, 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 the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch, what the Bible tells us. In uh, Acts eleven twenty six. the disciples uh, were called Christians first at Antioch. 
And, and to be a Christian, what it literally, what it literally meant to them uh, in the beginning, the term was not pointed to someone who just simply believed in Jesus of Nazareth, but it, it was someone whose life reflected the life of Jesus of Nazareth. It, it was someone who took on the name of Jesus. They took on his name because they understood that I, I'm his representative. I, I'm supposed to show him to the world. Now, we've kind of, we've kind of gotten away from that just a little bit. You know, we, we've kind of... Uh, wrapped a bunch of different other things around it and you know it's not about what my life shows it's about what the back of my car says or the front of my t-shirt or where I happen to spend my Sunday mornings but it's really supposed to be about what the life of Christ is as, as seen through me. Uh, to be a Christian means to be like Christ, to wear his name, to be a representative of him in the world. Paul said over in Philippians, for me to live is Christ. And that's what he's talking about. He says, if, if I'm alive and I'm on this earth and I'm supposed to be walking around, it's supposed to look like him. That's, that's my purpose. That's my goal. And it's the ultimate, <clears throat> the ultimate goal uh, for us over in 1 John uh, 3 2 it tells us but we know that when Christ appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and in Romans uh, eight twenty nine, that's the one right after eight twenty eight, the the verse that we like so much and everything God is at work for the good of those who love him been called according to his purpose 29 tells us what that purpose is for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son God is not necessarily at work in your life so that you can get a better parking place. Now, you have not because you ask not, so, you know, you might as well ask. But his real purpose in your life is to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. That's his purpose in, in my life. It's his purpose in, in, in your life, a person who, is, uh, who shows forth the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ and the freedom. Jesus is beautiful. Sometimes he's hard to see. Jesus Christ is, uh, is the living word. And uh, I used to wonder as a kid, I'd, tell, I'd ask my dad, I'd say, well, where does it say that? Well, it doesn't actually say Jesus is the living word somewhere, but there are plenty of verses that make it clear that that is the situation. Or, or John um, uh, chapter 1 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 tells us the Word of God is alive. It's, act, it's not a dead thing. There is, there is such a thing as, as the living Word. Uh, John 1.14, we read it just a few minutes ago. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Well, who became flesh and came to show us the the Father came to show us the faith of, face of God. So Jesus Christ is the, the living word and the written word, the spoken words on a page, and the living word share the same qualities. And, and I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. I've, I've actually shared this before, but it's a, it's a wonderful meditation. And I'm only going to come up with five things. There are others. I think, I think the last list I put together had like nine or ten in it. So you need to put together a list. It's a great meditation. Uh, both are eternal your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. That's Psalm 119. That was before Christ came. It's talking about the written word. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They're both, 
They're both eternal. They both bring light. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. And you know that. The, the, the Psalms also says the entrance of your word brings light. I'm only putting one verse up here, but there are, are numbers of these. Have you ever come to a place in your life where you don't know what to do? Have you been in the word during the time when you came to those places? Because you usually found out pretty quickly what to do. It, it would tell you. Uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, both bring life. Um, Moses writes this about the righteousness that's by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. If you could, if you could do the law of Moses, that's, that's a powerful life. That's, and, then, and righteousness before God. But you can't. But God loved the world so much that he sent the living word into the world that whoever believes on him will have life. Never will never die. Uh, both of them accomplish the task they're sent to do. Isaiah, my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, as he was getting ready to leave the world, he prayed this prayer: "I have brought glory to you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do." What a what a wonderful thing to actually complete a task. I'm not going to ask how many of you have ever experienced that euphoria. <laughs> and then also, they judge correctly. The Word of God is alive and active. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, sometimes, sometimes, I, know what I'm, sometimes I know what I'm doing. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so I am going to say it. Sometimes I know what I'm doing, and I know, you know, right, wrong, you know, what my motives are, there are times it gets a little fuzzy in there. There are times it gets a little hazy in there. And I'm kind of going, uh, you know, I wonder. Uh, well, I actually, I usually back off at those times and don't really try to wonder all that hard which side of the line I'm on. But the Word of God will clear that up for you. It absolutely will. You'll, you'll read the Word in something you've read a hundred times. Hopefully you've read a hundred times. But something you've read a hundred times will speak to you in a totally different way That'll, and it'll speak right to what's going on in your life. The word says that of Jesus, he did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. So therefore, he's qualified to judge the whole earth. I hate courtrooms. And the reason why I hate courtrooms is, is and you know, I most virtually all, anytime I've been for anything serious, it was on someone else's behalf, okay? Let's just put it that way. But the reason why I hate courtrooms is because you never know how it's going to come out. It's not necessarily about right or wrong. It's about clever, unclever, who slips up, what kind of mood the judge was in that day. And to know that the judge of the whole earth sees. You can't blow any smoke at him. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good thing. I, I hope, hopefully you think that's a good thing. I, you, perhaps not dwell on that. Uh, all right. So Jesus is a living word. Christians are supposed to look like Jesus. You become like what you focus on. You really do. Uh, Psalm in speaking of the, uh, and speaking of idols and those who worship idols, uh, Psalm 115 says, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. If you focus on 
something that is opposed to God, you will ultimately find yourself opposed to God. If you focus on something that's wrong, you will find yourself wrong. Fortunately, the other side of that works as well. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, very quickly look at this. Being transformed into His image is predicated by contemplating Him. You, you know, you know that. You've, you've seen it in your own life. When I was younger, much younger, when, when I was a child, I wanted to be Superman. I mean, how cool is that? I know I'm the only person who ever wanted to be Superman, but I thought it's pretty cool. I mean, you can come into a situation where, where people are doing stuff wrong and messing things up and, you know, they can shoot bullets at you and everything. You just come, I'm Superman, you know, and you can, uh, you can, you can sort that thing out. And those of you who are old enough know that's not what Superman looks like. That's what Superman looks like. Yeah. In 1972, when I was 22 years old, that's what I looked like. And it wasn't because I was, uh, well, whatever that looks like. It's because these guys looked like that. And I focused on them. And I thought about them. Get the haircut, get the clothes, cop the attitude. That's it. This is, this is what I want to be like. Uh, it, it, it's been a while, but you know, there are still people who want to, uh, there are still people who want to be like Mike. Let me tell you something. You ain't ever going to be like Mike. You're not that good, but you can buy his shoes. Yeah, you, you, you can buy his shoes and, and a jersey or something like that. If you want to be a great musician, great actor, great ball player, we, 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 uh, we buy the gear, put in the effort, we watch the pattern. So what if you want to be like Christ? What if that's really what you would like to be? Not just saved, which is great, and you know, we want everyone to be saved, but not just saved. But you really want to bear that name, Christian. It doesn't happen by buying the outfit, whether the outfit's a three-piece suit or, or a t-shirt with a cross on it or, or something, like, something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't happen by buying the hype. It happens by putting in the effort and focusing on the pattern of the Word. And not just the Gospels, not just what Paul had to say about things. Christ came, He, he was the complete Word of God, the complete fulfillment of all of the Word of God, the living Word. Jesus did not come to reveal Jesus. Understand this, this pattern that we're looking at. He came to reveal someone else. No one has ever seen God, but God the only Son, who is himself God and is closest in relationship with the Father, has made him known. Over in in John chapter 14, uh, 
when Philip was saying, show us the Father, that'll be enough. Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip? After I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. That's what I, that's what I came to do. Now, that's our pattern. So, if that's what he came to do, we're supposed to reveal somebody else. And that somebody else is, is the living word. It's Christ Jesus. Over in 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And, and oftentimes we read that verse, or I have, for, for I did for many years, and I thought, oh, isn't that nice? I've got the light of Christ in me. It's just right, it's mine. It's right there. there it's, it's right in here. Can you, well, see, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you can't see it. I can see it, it's glowing. Yeah. When I was a little kid, we used to sing a song. This little light of mine, I'm going to hide it inside of myself. <laughs> light is given to us to shine. And what's been given to us to shine is the knowledge of God. The knowledge in the face of Christ. That's, that's what's supposed to shine out of us. But there's a problem. And you know, you're at a weird church when they quote Mahatma Gandhi, but I think he put it right. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. That's not a snarky comment. That, that's, you know, it's easy to dismiss it and go, oh, well, you know, he, he's, he's not a believer. He, you know, he's just trying to make us look bad. Oh, we don't need any help. <laughs> when I came back to the Lord in my mid-20s, my first question was, does this mean I got to go back to church? Now, part of that was problems I had, but part of it was legit. I mean, it, it was one of the least nurturing, respectful, uplifting experiences in my life, for the most part. We serve a Jesus who says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And we say... Let's build a wall and keep them out. I knew you guys would like that. <laughs> but I'm just talking about Jesus, the one who welcomed the stranger, the one who was kind to the alien. Paul, Jesus said, come unto me. Everybody, if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, come Buy, eat, drink, buy, buy, without money, without price, come. Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. And we like Paul a lot better than we like Jesus when we're talking about somebody else. But let me tell you how to reconcile those two. Paul was talking to you. 
Jesus was talking to everybody. So what it actually means is if I don't work, I don't eat. But if you're hungry and I got food, it's yours. That's what that means. And how do we we begin to look like him? The only way to to really become the living word is to focus on the word. There's no no microwave method. There's no... um, shake and bake method you don't want to be you don't want to be like me or like another leader your your goal is not to be like barbie or or to be like ronnie i mean you can you can you can start there if that's if that's all you got at this point in time but the holy ghost is not empowering you to look like somebody you see in this room he's empowering you to look like the, the only wise God unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. That's what he's empowered, will empower you to do. And that's why the word is so important, because that's where it is. That's where the revelation of who he is exists. That's where the pattern is. And if you, if you will devote yourself, if you'll make room in your life, if you'll go, stand with me. If you'll make room in your life for the word, it will have a transformative effect on who you are. And your life will begin to testify to people. You know, you go, well, man, I I shared the gospel with somebody and they didn't get saved. (laughs) Well, (laughs) did you share the gospel before you started talking? Because if you did, then there's a much, much greater opportunity that they're going to want. Go, I want some of that. Than if it's just words. So as we move out of this, this section on living drenched through the word, connecting with the word, this, this is it. Christian, someone who takes on the name of Christ. Christ, the living word. Our pattern, our example. And how do we see that pattern and follow it? The Word. The Word, the living Word, the written Word. They. Those are going to pray for people, come forward. If you're here today and you need, uh, you need prayer, and I know some of you do, because... You know, there's, there are human beings in this room. If you're here today and you need prayer, there's something going on in your life. Or if you're here today and you need Jesus, you don't, you don't know Christ. He's beautiful. He's be- I mean, hopefully you've been around somebody who's shown you that. But you come. If you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. We'll create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit.